Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And yes, what a great week for all fans of the Buffalo Bills, our great football team with a convincing 47-17 to victory over the New England Patriots on Saturday night. And here, a very special guest with me today. You know him as the host of the Locked On Bills podcast, of course, the Draft Dudes podcast, and a new author, Joe Marino, here with us today. Joe, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Always a pleasure joining you for a conversation about football or anything. It's always a a pleasure, and thanks for the opportunity to come on and chat. Well, I'm glad we had the chance to to catch up. I know, obviously, you're Schedule during the season has got to be crazy. And of course, as college football wraps up, getting ready for the 2022 NFL draft. But on top of it, I mean, I've always known you to be this hardworking guy with so much going on, both in your personal and professional life. But then just about a week ago, you (laughs) shared with everybody that you've got a book that is in the works and is going to be coming out called Go Bills. And, And before we start talking about the team, I wanted to chat with you about this because I think it's very exciting for us, right? Myself as a fan and so many others that have, you know, heard you talk about it on your show and seen the chatter on social media. But why don't you talk to the listeners about it just for a minute so they know what's going on? Yeah, I appreciate that, Anthony. I um I've been asked to write this book, Go Bills, which is simply put a history of the Buffalo Bills. From cover to cover, you can go season by season and read my summary of the biggest storylines of that year, see the statistical reader, statistical leaders, excuse me, the pro bowlers, the starting lineups, and just one page at a time, go through that journey that this football team has been on. And, you know, it starts right at the beginning, 1960, and goes all the way through this season. The last chapter of the book will be on the 2021 football team. And so um, it's just a great way to have all of that history captured in a book and there's tons of great full color photographs that really complement the text and you know there's the all decade teams and there will be breakout stories on the biggest moments and players in team history and so it's just a great book that somebody can have on a coffee table or a bookshelf it's obviously a great gift idea for any Buffalo Bills fan in your life and it's just been a real privilege to become a student of this football team I think it's going to make me a better podcaster it already has I think in a lot of ways and um, just my chance to tell the story of what's went on with this franchise from day one through modern times. Joe, not to to spoil any part of the book, right? And and I want you to share how how folks can get the information and how they can order. But were there things that through your research and work that almost surprised you, right? Mm-hmm. Of maybe a certain era or team or even more so a player, right? That it, it, you have a newfound appreciation for 
that maybe you didn't going into this process? I think the number one thing that has stood out to me in doing the research for this book has been what happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s with Ralph Wilson, with some of the coaches. And, you know, we think a lot about these modern day coaches that resigned, whether that was, you know, uh, Doug Marone or Mike Malarkey, but it happened several times in the 70s and 80s. And it just felt like there was a lot of times in that era where the team was really close to becoming really good, but there was rifts with the coaching staff or uh, a lack of faith that Ralph Wilson was going to invest where he needed to, to get the team over the hump. Uh, Just a lot of that type of drama that I was completely unaware of from the 60s, 70s and early 80s that has been fascinating to learn about. And um, I'll go ahead and say this because I don't know what what questions you're going to ask me next, but I do want to fit this into our conversation because you and I, in an episode of Locked On Bills, we got together and um, assembled our own all Bills teams, right? And I remember you and I having this conversation where it's like, yeah, I don't really know anything about Cookie Gilchrist or Fred Smearless or, you know, (laughs) Robert James or these types of players. And so I'm sure they're good players, but I have no idea how to fit them into this. And at the time I was like, definitely agreeing with you, but there was also a part of me that's like, I feel like I should know that stuff. And so it's been really cool um, submerging myself into all of the history. And like I said, just becoming a student of this team and just having such a great perspective of what this team has gone through to really understand and appreciate the team that we're enjoying today. No, and it is such a great point that you bring up, right? For myself, growing up, as many fans have, right? During that Super Bowl era with Bruce Smith and Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, Jim Kelly, uh, of course, right? That that phase of our lives that made us lifelong fans. But you don't know much about the team before then. And I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not a historian of the Buffalo Bills. Sometimes you have conversations or you listen to, uh, you know, Tim Graham or Sal Mayorana. And of course, these guys have spent so much time in understanding the, the history of the franchise But this is really going to be an educational process, I think, for so many of us is just going to be fantastic. And it's an exciting piece, right? Like you just to to be able to look at that. There's so much of what you just mentioned that that honestly, we just uh, it's a complete unknown. Yeah, it, it really has been. I'm glad it's not for me anymore. And I'm glad that for so many people through this book, they will really be able to, in a concise way, get caught up in. Maybe you were born in 1985 or 90 or 2005. It doesn't matter. You can catch up and you love this team. You deeply love this football team. But so much of what's happened with this franchise has been before you were even paying attention. And so I just love the idea that hopefully so many more people will now become fully educated on this team and have the a very what I would call a a very efficient way to get caught up on the story of the Buffalo bills and kind of take that journey. And at any point, if you want to sit down and okay, what happened in 1996 or 2011 or 1968, you'll be able to do that in the concise way. And the starting lineups are really fascinating to look, you know, page by page and see, all right, how did this evolve? How do these teams come together? And I think that's something that'll be unique about my ability to sell this, tell this story is, you know that there was a heavy emphasis on the roster construction piece of it. And so, yeah. you know, going through that and seeing how the Super Bowl teams came together and some of those teams from, you know, the 64, 65 uh, 
championship teams and, and how they kind of got close in the seventies. And when OJ Simpson came along, what was the, what was the idea with the team? What was their vision and how did that evolve very quickly once they got their hands on them? So it, it's been really fun to see the Genesis, but also the evolution of how these teams were built throughout the different stages of history. Joe, I tried not to talk about the drought too much, right? It's like a part of life that you put behind yourselves. And especially when you think of these last five years under Sean McDermott, the success of the franchise. But let me ask you, was was writing about that 17-year period, I mean, was that painful for you as a as a fan to be reliving that? Gets easier every year, doesn't it, Anthony? <laughs> it <laughs> gets sure a little easier every single year. Um, you know, I, I it's such an interesting era, and I blame the Patriots so much for it because you are never able to really give something a chance in terms of having a coach, general manager, nucleus of talent, right. because you just you get two years, three years into it, and realize, yep, yep, we're never <laughs> never going to be good enough, and so. It wasn't just the Bills that fell victim to it. It was the you know the Jets and the Dolphins. And when you have that team in your division, they're the standard. It's tough to live up to it. And so, so much of the drought really does go not only because the Bills couldn't beat New England, but because of the stress that it put on Buffalo to try and get there. And so, um, yeah, I think the the more we get further removed from it, the easier it gets. But um in a lot of ways for me, that was my foundational period of time, you know, with this team and, and, you know, my early adulthood and my teenage years was, that was the drought years. And so it sits with me in a, in a, in a certain place. And I think through that, I've learned so much about football and roster construction. It's, it's really shaped me as an analyst. And so while it was painful to not be in the playoffs and have so much turnover and no consistency, I do appreciate what it's meant for me as an analyst and how it helps me today to be a better podcaster and analyst of the Bills and football in general. Now, Joe, an interesting point of this, and I believe you mentioned this before, but the book is not done yet because the season is not done yet, right? This is going to include the 2021 you know, season that the Buffalo Bills are currently wrapping up as we speak. That's right. So the last chapter is not written and I'm hoping not to write that until uh, mid-February or so. So um, yeah, that's the fun part about it is this is right through present time. It starts obviously at the earliest point and it carries you through this season. And so, you know, you guys can head on over to buffalobillsbook.com to really see everything that the book offers. There's pre-order incentives and, um, you know, I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it. It's been a blast to write, and uh, it is that fully comprehensive history of this football team. All right, Joe. So I have ordered my copy. I know um, it'll be you know available in the coming months, again, after the season is done. But just real quick, to make sure that people understand how they can get the book, why don't you uh, make sure they've got that information before we start talking about uh, Saturday's game? Again, buffalobillsbook.com. It's available for pre-order. It's going to start shipping in August. If you order early, there's a lot of incentives. You get 20% off the retail price. So it retails at $25. You can get it for 20 bucks. Um, the publisher is creating an exclusive limited edition training card that you'll get. Uh, you'll get a signed copy. And of course, you'll get it earlier than everyone else. So buffalobillsbook.com is a spot to pre-order. And then if you're an international fan, if you're in Canada or Mexico or the UK or anywhere, you can search for the book on your Amazon 
provider for your respective country, and you should be able to find it there. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that the publisher has no control over the retail price that is set through those different Amazon um, mediums. So just keep that in mind. I think it's pretty fairly priced, but um, unfortunately, we can't ship to those countries at this time, and um, you know we can't control the price that they put it for. Sure. No, and completely get that. And listen, if anyone, if you're listening to this, if you you don't have that information written down, you can go to Joe's profile on Twitter. He's at the Joe Marino, and you can get all the information there. It is his pinned tweet. And again, um, I'm looking forward to it, Joe. And as you said, hopefully you don't have to start writing that final chapter <laughs> until sometime in the second half of February. So um, but anyway, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. I know there's been plenty of conversation about the Bills' 47-17 to 17 victory over the New England Patriots and just exercising different demons and kind of you name it. But, like, I, I want to ask you a question as a as a fan, right? I mean, and, and we listen to Locked on Bills podcast. We hear your post-game wrap-up, your additional thoughts that you've been able to share so far. But, like, take us inside almost your – your family room, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're watching the game on Saturday night. Just talk to me a little bit about what that experience is like for you. Is it like a, a nervous energy? Are you pacing back and forth? Are you calm, cool and collected? Like what was Saturday night like in the Marino household? That's fun. That's a fun way for me to talk differently about this game. Um, so I think it's probably necessary for me to start by talking about my day in general on Saturday, because I think it contributed pretty heavily to um, the way I felt Saturday night. And throughout the course of the week, I had a lot of confidence in the bills ability to win this football game. I, I knew they were a better football team. I was fully aware of what this Patriots team is and isn't. Obviously we've been dealing with them now three times in seven weeks and I put a lot of work into my preparation for games. And so I just felt like I knew this team so, so well. And and that in order for New England to win the game, that there was going to have to be a certain script that ha things had to go a certain way for New England to win. There was a lot for them sure. to overcome. And um, while I had that confidence about the result, the lingering fear that you can get bounced in the first round of the playoffs at home by the New England Patriots, that also weighed really, really heavily. You know, so if we're thinking Absolutely. about Joe Marino, the fan, I'm balancing out this confidence and knowing what I know about both teams and that I think the Bills should win, but also that little bit of doubt where you're like, if there's any way for a season to end, you don't want it to be that, you know? <laughs> right. So, all right. So that's on my mind. And then Saturday, we celebrated my daughter's second birthday and we hosted a party at my house and we had a bounce house in the backyard and. Yeah, you know, a lot of family and friends over, lots of little kids over. And so that was at 11 a.m. And so you can imagine Friday night, we're up late decorating, get everything set up, had a few errands to run on Saturday morning. So I'm running around and, you know, obviously I have a, a contingency of people showing up at my house for my daughter's birthday. And um, so it was kind of a stressful day to start. And then, you know, we get going with the party and it's a lot of fun, but, you know, I'm spending three hours in a bounce house jumping around with two-year-olds, <laughs> you, you know, I'm tired, man. I was, I was wearing myself out and we got the bounce house on Friday. So I spent like, probably, I don't know, like four or five hours in there with my daughter on Friday, just playing with her and trying to maximize our time with this bounce house. So, you know, I'm jumping around and you know, going down slides and climbing ladders. I mean, I'm 35 years old, you know, I'm, I, I was pretty sore. And so I'm tired. 
And then we had a lot of people that just kind of hung out with us until like right up until about three, three thirty. Um, just stuck around, you know, family and stuff. And so, you know, you're obviously thinking about the game all day long. People are asking me about the game and I have a Packers fan over and lots of Panthers fans that are over. We're just talking to an Eagles fan. We're talking a lot about the game and it always comes back to, man, would really suck if you, you lost in New England. That'd be a hell of a way for your season to end. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Really, really appreciate that. But you know, we're, we have this long day that's, it took forever to get to eight fifteen, And so sure. we get to eight fifteen, and, you know, obviously I'm tired. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm anxious. I'm excited. And you watch the game. And I think we knew pretty quickly that the bills were in really good shape. And so it was a gradual relief, obviously watching the game, but there were just times where I'm like, what you're just asking yourself, like, what is this? What is this real life? I, I kept on saying right. that is this real life? And it just kind of got funny to, at a point you're just like, they can't stop them. And so that was like this relief that just was like gradual happiness that continued to go on over and over and over again. And every drive ending with a touchdown, you're just like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. And then, I thought a lot about that Monday night football game that, you know, 60 mile an hour wins were the difference in the bills winning that game. And Buffalo had so many chances to win and the, all the celebration about new England, about bill Belichick and the psychological factor of going up against him and that he had the greatest game plan in NFL history and how committed they were to running the football and just, just a masterful performance and how they were peaking. And it's going to be the, evil empires return and Mac Jones is as good as Tom Brady. And it's going to be Brady and Jones in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And so, you know what? Every touchdown felt a little better. I mean, and now Bill Belichick has to chew on a 40 burger and a 30 point loss for the bills for the next eight months until he tries to figure his team out for next year. You know, it's, it's nice to get that insight into what your day was like, right. And everything from, I mean, listen, having a, a birthday party at your house is stressful <laughs> enough, let alone leading up to Bill's Patriots with an 8-15 kickoff, feeling like, uh, again, it sounded like it was a great day, but right as you get closer to kickoff, just uh, just weighing on you just a bit. But but yeah, it is, it is that point, right? And I found myself torn if I was even thinking, well, do I want them to play the Patriots in the first yeah. round or the Chargers? And you saw so much of that debate going back and forth. And, you know, people would even say, like, listen, if you just looked at the rosters, you'd play the Patriots. That's understandable. But it's like, you know, you've got 20 years of mm -hmm. of scars and it's still Belichick and it's this and that. And you just, you know, sometimes you listen into some of that narrative a little bit too much where you know, there's no way you go into a game against them feeling comfortable in any way, shape or form. But after that interception by Micah Hyde, and then they marched right back down the field and scored to make it 14 yeah. nothing. Um, from that point on, it just felt different. Well, and and you think about that, just the early sequences of the game, obviously the Bills with a really good touchdown drive, and we all love that. But they made the, – the Patriots' opening drive was really good. I mean, they got oh, out yeah. of a couple of third and longs, and I, Kendrick Bourne had Levi Wallace beat. He had two steps. When that ball was in the air, I thought it was a touchdown. I mean, obviously, Micah Hyde came in like a an eagle and swiped that ball away and said, <laughs> that'll that'll be mine. But 
I'm like, oh my God, they're getting some some plays here. And I remember having a conversation with my brother watching the game, like in that moment. And I said, I said, look, they converted two third and longs. Like that's not, that's not going to be their script. They, they needed that, right? Like I was fully aware of unsustainable process leading to them converting those third and longs where Mac Jones is getting outside of structure and hitting throws down the field. I'm like, get out of here with this. And I was also mindful that Brandon Bolden dropped that pass. And so I was, you know, I was teetering in my mind about how meaningful everything that's happened to that point was. But when the Bills got the ball back and scored again, and then you saw the defense tighten the screws, I'm like, okay, all right. I'm not going to get comfortable till this thing is over, but I like where this game is headed. Well, so as you talk about that, right, and that feeling of not getting too comfortable, and and I'm with you, right? I mean, even in the second half, I've got my buddy Brett that's kind of like that that one person that I text back and forth with during games, right? And it's like you're feeling comfortable, but you're almost asking each other, like, should I be feeling comfortable right now? Like, this just doesn't feel, feel right. And I, I felt like some of that almost nervous energy served as a distraction at the time from Josh Allen's performance. And, you know, as you're watching the game, you know that he's playing fantastically, Mm -hmm. right? It is a a great game for him, the offense. I don't think it was until after the fact that you started to look at the statistics, that you started to look and say, okay, he didn't have – his last incompletion was with 13 and a half minutes left in the second quarter of the game to to realize how great a performance it was at the time – because I think I was a little bit of this ball of, I don't know, stress or nervous energy or whatever it was of just, is this really happening? I mean, as you were watching the game, did you realize how fantastic a performance it was? Or did it take you a little bit after to let the dust settle and, and kind of realize that, you know, not just it was a historical day for the Bills offense, but for Josh Allen, the quarterback? No, I didn't realize it at the time. Not at all. Like, because I was very, that makes me feel better. No, dude, I, I was, I was right there with you the entire time because the, the whole time. And I don't think I'm a nervous fan. Like, I don't think I have, like, I don't quickly fall back to PTSD, but I think just wanting so badly for this to not be the end of the season. And there's an extra layer because I know I have to talk about it. Right? You know what I mean? So not, sure. a, not only do I not want to have to go through that as a fan, but I don't want to sit there and have this conversation for the next eight months on locked on bills. I, I don't. And um, we didn't have to. And so I think I was battling my own anxiousness and it didn't hit me until you started to see like some of those numbers come out and you're seeing the reaction on Twitter about what's happening and and you're able to kind of like breathe a little bit and recognize exactly how special things are. And then, you know, the game's over and it's like, oh my God, they had the ball seven times. They scored seven touchdowns. No, they, they didn't stop them. They didn't get to fourth down. They didn't, they didn't punt. They didn't kick a field goal. They didn't get sacked. They didn't. You, the, you know what I mean? It, you you sure. kind of you get that perspective, and then it doesn't quit take long for you to like apply that back to reliving that game in your head and understanding what you just saw was absolutely one of the most special, historic performances in the history of the NFL when it comes to quarterback play and offense in general. Now, Joe, we have talked in the past, right? When you talk about guys coming into the league as rookies, the ever important third year. Uh, a lot of conversations around Ed Oliver coming into this season and his, you know, just fantastic play throughout the year. Dawson Knox, you were so high on him of having that patience and just his play. And of course we saw that with the two touchdowns, almost had a third 
on Saturday night. But I want to ask you about Devin Singletary, mm. right? Because over these last six weeks, it has been a different player. And I will fully admit through you and I, we've gone back and forth. I was team Travis ATN and Najee Harris and Javante Williams. And hey, should you get a running back in, in the first round? And you know what kind of impact can that have on the Bills offense? It took a while for the Bills to get there this season, right? But when you talk about a, being able to establish the run, that starts with Devin Singletary, and he made a fantastic difference in Saturday night's game. He sure did. And I remember when the Bills drafted Devin Singletary, obviously I did a bunch of work on him, and he was a, an exciting player to watch at Florida Atlantic. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is kind of a very unique rushing offense. He takes very unique tracks with the football. And, you know, for a guy that wins with twitch and elusiveness and contact balance, you know, he's not necessarily the most dynamic of athletes. And so I kind of wondered how he was going to project to the next level. And I'm a little bit unsurprised that it took a little bit of time for him to really settle in. But then you kind of look back at his production throughout his career and you're like, this isn't bad, right? He's kind of he's kind of been a fairly consistent player, just not necessarily with the volume to back it up. Now, what's been different over the last, I guess it's four or five weeks, is Sean McDermott and Brian Dable have abandoned this idea that they want to have a committee approach in the backfield, and it has now been the Devin Singletary show, which has been an absolutely massive help to this Bills offense because we always recognize that when – they ran the football and didn't throw it with Josh Allen. You were doing something that you were less effective at. You were taking throws away from Josh Allen and throwing the football was the best thing that you did. And when you were taking throws away from Josh Allen to give the ball to Zach Moss, oh, it's kind of frustrating. But now you see the production that can be there with Devin Singletary now that he's found rhythm and he's he's running more confidently and he's seeing the field better and you you just see him just getting into that groove of the game with more consistency. And I think you feel a lot better about taking away throws from Josh Allen because you have a worthwhile ball handler right now to take care of the football and, and create offense. And so this has been a major benefit for the bills. And um, it's been great to see him evolve, even though, you know, running backs typically enter the NFL in their prime. I think Devin Singletary is a unique uh, study based on the style of runner. He was at Florida Atlantic and um, you know, just his, his own, physical skill set that is unique in general. So, Joe, now we turn our attention, right, to Sunday night, Buffalo traveling back to Kansas City. It seems like this Chiefs team is a, is a bit different than the one the Bills faced earlier in the season, right, with that 38-20 to 20 victory. But this is that inevitable matchup, right, that everyone has been waiting for since last year's AFC Championship game. I mean, I know it's early in the week as we record this, where's your head at when it comes to to this matchup, I guess? How are you feeling about this one? Oh, my head's everywhere. Um, <laughs> there's a big part of me that says this is exactly what you want. This is exactly what you want. They took it from you last year. You want to go to the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs said no. And now is your opportunity to respond and end it for them, right? You get to do what they did to you this time around. And so there's an eager part of me that wants that badly. There's the other part of me that recognizes the challenge ahead, and this is a really good football team that's an explosive offense that is, you know, in a lot of ways 
a very difficult assignment for the Bills with what they have in terms of skill players and you know receiving talent and speed on offense and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can make you wrong even when you're right. And, and that's a scary proposition, especially when you have to go to their place and win the football game. And so I recognize the challenge, but I also recognize the opportunity and nothing would be sweeter than bouncing the Chiefs and preventing them from getting back to the Super Bowl, right? We don't want that Super Bowl, that AFC championship streak to continue for them. You have a lot of opportunity here to to do some good things. And this is this is part of the deal. You got to beat great teams. If you want to go win the Super Bowl and and all those types of things, like this is what you have to do. You have to show up in these moments and win these football games. And so there's a, an exciting part of it and there's a eagerness that exists. But of course, you know, it's it's not an easy assignment. The Chiefs are really good football team. They've really found something going here on this defense, which has improved drastically since early in the season, which seems to be the story every year with Kansas City. And so a challenging assignment, but a really unique opportunity that in a lot of ways should be exactly what this Bills team wants. Joe, when you talk about the lead up to this game, right, this is a a Bills team that distractions have been sort of pushed to the side. I don't really buy into any conversation around distractions when it comes to your coordinators interviewing for other jobs. But, you know, rightfully so, Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier are, you know, going through the interview process this week with with different clubs across the NFL. Does any of that give you any concern heading into a matchup with the Chiefs, or are you okay with kind of the timing of these pieces? What are you supposed to do? I mean, obviously, you you wish that those guys were fully focused on the – Kansas City Chiefs, but that's just not the world we live in, and it hasn't been, right? The Bills have been dealing with this now for three years in a row with um, their coordinators having to deal with these interviews, and um, yeah, I think ideally you'd have your guys solely focused on the Chiefs, but you also like to think that you have enough continuity, that this is a familiar enough opponent, right? This is the third time you're going to play them basically in the calendar year, that you have a pretty good inventory of ideas to reflect upon to come up with the right game plan. And you have a deep coaching staff. It's not just a deep roster in terms of talent. You have a deep coaching staff and whether that's Ken Dorsey or Chad Hall stepping up a bit this week on offense or John Butler or Bobby Babbage on defense or Eric Washington, you know, I I feel like there's enough football minds here to get the right game plan and pick up uh, any slack that might be left behind because of Dable and Frazier having to, spread themselves out a little bit more than you'd like in, in, in a game uh, with obviously the season on the line. Joe, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Why don't you take a minute just again, tell everyone where they can find your work, where they can find the information on the book, just to make sure that everyone's got that before we wrap things up. Yeah. If anyone wants to uh, stay more engaged with me, social media is a good spot for that. Twitter is at the Joe Marino. Instagram is the underscore Joe Marino. The podcast is Locked On Bills. It's daily on the Buffalo Bills. You can listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. And the book is Go Bills. You can pre-order it today at buffalobillsbook.com. He is Joe Marino. Make sure you are following him. Make sure you check out Go Bills. That is something any Buffalo Bills fan, of course, is going to want to add to their collection. As always, guys, I appreciate you tuning in each and every week for Breaking Buffalo Rumblings hitting that subscribe button so you get all of our great shows here at buffalorumblings.com. And, of course, make sure you check out the YouTube page as well to get all of our shows there. Thanks again for checking in. Always appreciate you guys. And as always, go Bills. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.